0: This episode of the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. When it's time to get some new windows or a new door, you gotta go with Pella. Why? Well, first of all, because they can provide window and door solutions to any home. And the people are great. Steve and Vince and Clint and Brian, the whole gang, everybody there is fantastic. And you know what? You're going to be with Pella the entire time. I had no idea this was the, the... scenario in the situation, but I didn't know when you work with some other window companies, I won't name names, but all of a sudden questions pop up like, well, who's installing that? No, you got to call that guy. Who's going to pre-finish it? No, no, no. You got to call that guy. Before you know it, you're working with like four or five different people. Ugh! You want the convenience and simplicity of working with one company, not three or four. That's Pella. Check them out on the web. PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. Well, on tap for today's pod is an event that everyone's been looking forward to because we've been so sports starved uh, with the coronavirus situation and everybody quarantined and uh, life being canceled, kind of uh, as we know it. And thank God for The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan Chicago Bulls final season documentary, going to be a a 10-part documentary series dropping every single Sunday, two hours each of the next uh, uh, five weeks, And yours truly and Bo Root. We sat and watched the documentary together and immediately went into the pod studio and knocked out a recap pod to what is shaping up to be an incredible documentary. I mean, just an incredible one. So without further ado, man, uh, let's get to it. Enough yapping for me. Let's get to... uh, A little recap pod for the Michael Jordan Chicago Bulls Last Dance documentary. Here is uh, your boy, Nicholas Baugh, and Bo Robert Rude. Enjoy. All right. I don't even know where to begin. Nick Baugh, Bo Rude. We just finished the first night of the Last Dance Michael Jordan documentary. So part one and part two are in the books. And we watched it together. It was hard... You can tell there are numerous times. I want like I wanted to hit pause and like almost recap a say sec- like anytime they went to commercial, you and I really had to fight the temptation to talk.
1: I think we had to fight the temptation to grab a basketball and you know <laughs> go dunk go dunk on the mini hoop.
0: What did I tell you? I when we stood up and it was over, I said, I just want to go compete with Michael Jordan. That's all I want to do. Uh, uh man, I guess. You know, you go into this thing and you wonder, okay, what's the structure going to be like? What's the format? How are they going to do this? I think the first thing that jumps out at me is just the unfathomable nature of how here's a team. This is the Chicago Bulls. You know, they have five championships, and just the fact that it was understood that this shit is over, like this is it, Phil is done after this year, it's, it's unbelievable to... Even though we all kind of knew it going in, just to see it all really happen. They're getting rings, all that stuff. And just the thought that, like, heading into the season, like, think, I want people to really think about that. Like, these guys are, they're the greatest basketball team ever. And yet, it's just, it's, everybody wants it. Like, everybody is ready to be like, yep, this is, it's done. It's over.
1: Yeah. It was almost, I could feel us both, you know, we were trying not to talk to each other, but I could feel us both just, being frustrated that, like looking back on it, you know that was some of the stuff that we didn't remember as well. Uh, I think being you know young, we were probably you know, teenagers at the time, mm-hmm. but we, you know we we loved watching the Bulls. But to hear sort of the beginnings of the the management, like voluntarily wanting to potentially get rid of, you know, the coach Scotty and rebuild the team and like it, it's
0: almost unfathomable like how that can happen yeah i, I just thought you're winning you know jordan had that you line have, it was like you you're is you're, like until we have the right to defend our title until we lose like when we lose then yeah then you can talk about rebuilding like it's just it's it's crazy to me to think that that team that management it really jerry kraus yeah and and the one thing the documentary is doing a nice job of is there are two, two things that are getting laid out. There is, you know, we're we're picking things up in the 97-98 season, and they're flashing back with these flashbacks to understand how Michael Jordan became Michael Jordan. But the other in the midst of that, the thing they're doing a nice job of is explaining how the how the deterioration and all the issues manifested themselves over the course of a decade yeah. between Jordan and Krauss, and then ultimately Pippin and Jerry Krauss.
1: Yeah, but it's still to me, it's like it's glaring. No matter, even if there's truth to some of the things that Krauss and Reinsdorf are saying, their a perception of their role and their importance. That, to me, is the, the biggest crime that happens too much in sports is when you have these great players and great organizations, great teams, and the people at the top don't give the respect to sort of the magic that happens with these teams and these runs people have. And I think that in the long run, it's always better to give them too much time and let them fail first before, like the the preemptive distraction. you know right it, right it, it's this might be and we're gonna see more and more as this goes yeah.
0: the greatest example of like are you serious like why would you do this yeah and yeah it just goes to show you I think what you're watching the thing that's amazing is. As you're watching this unfold, I mean, we're we're not even in. I mean, the second episode ended, and Pippen just demanded a trade, and it's November of '97. (laughs) We're going, you know what what? I mean? So it's like we're not even in it. But but one of the things that you're seeing is how much we sometimes come at basketball from an analytical standpoint of like, well, they need a rebounder, they need more shooting. They like so much of basketball is. Chemistry, ego, management, personalities, all those things. And I think as much as anything, this documentary is heading down a path of the illustration of that. Where what what derails greatness or ends greatness as much as anything else is self-sabotage. Yeah. And that's the thing that, you know, they're doing a nice job, though, of laying out like... I, I will say this, it's incomprehensible as we just laid out what Jerry Krause, like how Jerry Krause is handling this and and the thought of wanting to blow it up and all that stuff. But like, it is pretty amazing. And this is what happens when you're playing, when, you know, when God is on the team in Jordan, no one ever gives Jerry Krause any credit. Like if I could play, yeah. if I could argue on behalf of Jerry Krause for a second, like the guy did, like you got to hand it to him, like you know he he got Phil, he drafted Scotty, he made all these trades. They talked about the Oakley trade for Cartwright. Like he yeah. did a good job. Yes, you know what I mean. Like
1: yeah, but but his his understanding of what he had though was was misguided, right? Total. So. Anybody that has the greatest basketball team in the history of the league, pretty much, right? Mm-hmm. You get one of those. You get one Boston Celtics. You get one... Lakers. you One get Lakers. One, yeah, you and you get... get one Chicago Bulls dynasty, right? Like, you get one of those in your franchise. You'll never probably get that again. And so, I think you, you sacrifice everything to keep that alive, even if it's one more year, always trying to get one more year. You always do that because the the idea of rebuilding, you, like I think that's that's like fool's gold, right? Like, yeah, that doesn't. You'll never get that again. You'll right. never have Michael Jordan again. You'll never have all those pieces that together were magic. You never get that again. No matter how much you rebuild, like it won't be that. So like you you expend everything to keep what that you what you have, and I think there's too much. Like and this is proving it too many times where these these people who are general managers and owners that they they just don't understand that that's once in a lifetime. Right.
0: I'm not. Let me let me restate. I'm not defending what Krauss did. What no. I am doing is trying to give him credit for what he built.
1: Yeah, and they said he's actually a good guy. That's, yeah. Like,
0: and, and people forever he, said he's like a terrible person. Though. Right. But it is, I guess, because that's how the whole thing starts. Is you're just, you know, you're sitting there like, how think about. This is—they are on the top of the mountain. They've won five championships. And how is this falling apart? How is it under? How is it possible well, that Phil Jackson has a handbook for the '97-'98 <laughs> season entitled "The Last Dance"? Like, it's—it's it's just remarkable. Now they're doing a good job of laying out how you're beginning yeah. to kind of understand it, but it's—it still doesn't. It it still doesn't take away from the shock value of it.
1: Yeah, and I I'll, I think we should definitely keep in mind throughout this. You know, we might have to circle back. You know, as we do these recaps. You know, with the Golden State situation. I was too. I was just
0: gonna say because I was, like it, it's funny you were. It's
1: kind of similar, right? Like it, it's these these selfish personalities. That seem to derail and not understand what you have. What you have.
0: You get one. Like Don't, you said, you, you're lucky. Cherish these it. These things come about. How many? I mean, how many in the history of basketball? You in history much, bas-
1: It's the Celtics, it's the Lakers of the 80s, it's and the, it's the Celt- Bulls of the 90s. And then and this, and 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 the, the
0: Warriors had a chance to really kind of like also be that. Cause I was wondering, yeah. it's funny you brought up, and we'll stay on the Bulls here, but I wondered what a guy like Kevin Durant thought watching that, where it's like, when you let ego and worrying about where credit gets delved out, Yes. when you are in the credit business, it's a fucking bad business. <laughs> it, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a bad business. <sighs> and there were too many people, Jerry Krause, Scottie Pippen a little bit, like got caught up in the credit business. And then you think about the Warriors, and you think about Katie, you think about Draymond a yeah. little bit. Like you realize, like now I guarantee, i guarantee you—looking back on that, you know, I bet Jerry Krause regretted that. I bet Scottie Pippen regrets that. You know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and you know, and, and but I—I'm gonna put like Reinsdorf
1: to me though, like where he's—he doesn't get away from this in my my book because. He empowered Jerry Krause. Yes, like he, he could have stepped in and be like, "Dude, Look, what are you doing? You know, like pay Scottie Pippen, right? Keep Phil. Like we're keeping Michael Jordan happy because he's Michael Jordan. Yes, he is. You know, God as a basketball player. Like just don't mess with that. Let Michael play till he tells us I don't want to play anymore. But like, don't push Michael out. Don't push Phil and Scottie out. Just say don't it out loud. Do
0: it." Just say. Just think about what you just said out loud. An, an individual pushed the five-time champs, soon to be six. Phil, Scotty, MJ pushed them out the door because he thought it might be a good time to rebuild like but that's all you're in the credit bit. you're, you're yeah you know, it's just the, it's th- this almost the last dance should be just like a a cautionary tale and again we're only two episodes into this thing uh, it's 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 striking me as a cautionary tale of of the problem of a big arrogant ego i mean we all got egos totally. but totally we all want to feel appreciated and we know all what?
1: like you know what you to appreciate what you got is one of the gifts in life. And this is such a clear, clear episode of losing so much touch with appreciating that you have the greatest team of the, of the decade. And probably
0: the most revered and loved team of all time, of all
1: time globally. Like, you know, I just, I, it's hard for me to fathom, you know, somebody that, I, I know I always appreciated the teams I was on. So, like, it's hard for me to fathom what these guys could be thinking.
0: I, I, it's unbelievable. Well, and the thing that I, the moment I liked, and I, I asked you about it in the moment because I want to make sure I heard it right. I mean, at the ring ceremony to start the '97 season, the United Center booed Jerry Crouch. <laughs> yeah.
1: Because <laughs> he was trying to run Pippen out.
0: I mean, just like, so. you know, think, of, think about first take. And sports talk radio in nineteen, you know, like Steve Nasim is like, we gotta talk about Jerry Krause <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that he's trying to run out the five-time world champions Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen. Are you kidding? You know, like, yeah. Think about these storylines. I, it,
1: it's. I mean, it's almost they were lucky that they didn't. I mean, even though they were a global phenomenon, some of those things I think came and went. Like the the Pippen, almost like it got kind of swept under the rug as right. the season went on and you didn't hear yeah, about
0: that, the demanding a trade and all that, and, which is and, weird. But
1: like, it, those are hard to survive now. Like, you know, KD well, and, and, and Draymond got into a slight bicker and it basically was like, right there. The media was going to divide him after that.
0: So I think Pip. I mean, it was understood. Pippen waited until the start of the season to have surgery. Yeah. Pippen then demands a trade. Krause, it, it announced that this is going to be Phil Jackson's last season. Like, think of all – like, it's just it, – it's – we all knew these things happened, but yeah. it, it still is surreal to see them play out the way they're they're playing out.
1: I – you know, I, these are things I kind of knew, but I – you just – you forget, like, you just think about how great the teams were. So, the, the that was maybe the most glaring takeaway from the, the first, first two. two was just, oh, my God, they were trying to end it. Like – management was trying to run these guys out like
0: w- even it's that
1: like even having that on the table that was the takeaway for me was i i just i can't believe
0: w- why you'd want to do that think think of yeah, it, it's it's unbelievable it it's it's truthfully unfathomable to to think about that stuff but I, but the one thing that i've just i'm just, I, I'm just there's sometimes you wa- you're you watching a documentary, and, and not only are you interested in the subject, but you're loving the execution of it. Yeah. I will say, so far, I'm absolutely loving how they're structuring this because you're getting these flashbacks. And not only is it... It's not just a flashback because it's cool to see Jordan play for North Carolina and, and hear Roy Williams talk about recruiting him and all that stuff, but it matters... Because it helps you understand the point of the documentary, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's not just a cool flashback for the sake of a cool flashback. What was of all the the? I guess let's let's start with because we kind of flashback to Jordan upbringing and Pippin's upbringing. What you want to start? You want to stay with Jordan? Let's stay with Jordan. The did anything in particular really like? amaze you with the flashbacks of Jordan because you had his childhood flashbacks and then you also had there were I mean we're now it's 19 he just finished the he got knocked out by the Celtics in 86 yeah
1: so uh, like to kind of follow the theme you said like I I think they're give this documentary is giving us everything we want which is like sometimes you're like (laughs) It's kind of weird almost when you're getting like, you're getting exactly what you were hoping for. They're shooting this exactly how this is I was hoping. This is, this is like so far. I'm like, this is, perfect. it's given you the unprecedented access of the 97 season. Plus it's given you Jordan history documentary, right? That we've always wanted. And they're giving you these, these clips that you've never seen before, right? From both the, the season and from just, you know, growing up or the past and, and everybody that you know, they're talking about is, is actually on this documentary with, right. re- with recent comments. So it's really, it's really, so far, very well done, which well, I like.
0: I think, I think one of the things that is cool, and, and even though we know a lot about these things, everybody knows the story of Jordan was cut from the varsity team and blah, blah, blah. We, we know about that, this stuff, but like hearing it from him, hearing it from his mom, Hearing it from his brother. Yeah. Like, I think and the older you get, you know, you hit a point in your life and you go, Why how did I become who I am? Yeah. And we're we're doing a big time deep dive in how the not just the greatest basketball player of all time became the greatest basketball player of all time, but how he became arguably the greatest competitor winner sports yeah. attitude of all time. I heard there was a someone was was they, he wasn't on camera so I didn't I didn't see what was. Someone at the start of the documentary said, "I'd argue Michael Jordan was better at his job than anybody <laughs> has been at their job in the history of jobs." Life. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, and and you you it's just you think of Jordan and they they humanized him in a really cool way with how cool was the scene of the letter he wrote to his mom? Oh yeah. Uh, the letter I mean No it, uh, question.
1: Well, you know what it is that's really cool about this too on that point is is Michael's being more uh, candid than I've ever seen him. Yes, ever. this is with his answers, we you could tell he's like getting a little bit more emotional. Like right. he's telling the things that for a guy that's as famous as anyone in the world withheld all those little tidbits. And I feel like he's he's given a little bit more here, which right. is really cool to see.
0: It's it's so cool. I mean, you hear him talking about racism. He growing never up in Nor- ever it. He talks has never about broached that, that subject. But obviously, a black kid growing up in North Carolina, in you know, in in obviously in the '60s and the '70s, there's going to be a lot of racism, and you could tell that sports became like his safe haven from all that to a certain extent, you know, like he, he could, he talked about some of the same. like, I could be, I didn't have to be that on the baseball field and on the basketball court. And it also is amazing to think that a lot of his competitive drive and that spirit simply came from bickering with your brother and wanting your dad's attention. Well,
1: Larry, Larry Jordan was more competitive than Michael. I mean, think about that. That tells you something about Larry Jordan.
0: Well, and <laughs> hey, I thought Jordan... Hey, if yeah, Larry if Larry's Jordan Larry's walked more, like, in here... Larry's like, crazy.
1: Larry is insane if he's more competitive <laughs> than Michael
0: Jordan. But Jordan had a great... I thought one of my favorite parts was when he talked about how when you can... When when you compete... And we've all been through this. You have a brother. I have a brother. Even like you and I are basically brothers. Like when you compete and basically come to blows with someone you truly love. Yeah. That is... That is taking your heart and your mind and your soul to a different place. You know what I mean? When you can straight up, like, drop the gloves and Bo and Barrett Root are going at it. Yeah. Like, fuck you. We're going at it. You know? Yeah. Like, there's something something that's sparked there. I'm not advocating all brothers go compete against each other and kill each other. But, like, at the same time, like...
1: Hey, I... I relate to it. I'm I'm a little brother. You're a little brother. Yeah. And growing up for us, I mean, it was every time we competed, it was do or die. And right. so, like, when I see that with Mike and, you know, him saying that, you know, to just get his dad to to. Want to like you know look at him instead of like his
0: brother getting to work with his dad in the garage like that was his life's goal like but I, but I think that's, that's the cool part it's about crazy this, th- this is Michael Jordan who in our mind is like he's a fictional character you know what I mean like he's a he's a superhero he's in in some people's minds like Jordan is filed in that part of your brain that you file Superman Batman like he he's he's indestructible and indestructible people don't have like human emotions and it's pretty amazing to like listen back to how the that he wanted his dad's attention that a lot of it can you know like I just think that all those flashbacks are really well done in that regard did
1: you know that he was as uh, I guess as good as he um I don't even know how to say it's like I didn't think people thought he was as good as he actually was at
0: North Carolina and now they're showing that like Everybody knew he was. That See, guy. that's the thing. I, I'm glad it's weird you say that because that was one of the things I wrote down. Was I I, I thought one of the one of the other quotes that was like, "Holy shit!" Bob Knight coaching Michael Jordan in the 1984 Olympics called him the greatest basketball player he's ever seen. Think about that for a second. This is a kid that's not played one second in the NBA we're at the, we're in the peak of bird magic, mm-hmm. right? Where they are at like basically the peaks of their powers. or they're they're entering into the prime of what they've done. We've already had Will. We've already had we had Kareem. We got Kareem. We got we've had Russell like and here's Bob Knight. And Bob Knight is also, you know, like a he's guy a, that is he's a hard judge of he, character. He yeah, doesn't like, deal out praise very easily, no, right? No. For him to say that, <laughs> but I'm with you. Like I guess I I always felt like Jordan was good. I mean, he was McDonald's All-American. He was the player of the year in college. But I didn't necessarily think that he hit the ground running and had everybody's attention like this guy's the fucking best. Yeah. The way he clearly did. I mean, he talked about his rookie year, third game of the season. He willed his team to a win and basically became the alpha male. You know?
1: So that was... Probably the other part of the the documentary that I enjoyed the most was two two things Michael said. One was first day of practice he was he sought out whoever the best player was and I'm going at him. Like right. That mindset one is like that's, that's not normal. Not
0: normal. As a rookie, I mean you've been a rookie in professional sports or a freshman in college, like you You are,
1: know what your mindset is? Survival, not right. not like attack and murder, or get like getting
0: good graces with whoever the alpha is. He's you the know like, he's
1: a killer. That's right. that's a that's a killer mindset, which is unbelievable. I mean, it's it's it was so cool to hear that. The second thing was another like competitive psychological thought was, you know, they're talking about Scotty sitting out because of the injury, and Michael's trying to let people understand that you can't let anybody get confidence against him.
0: You know where. Uh, did you write that down? I Wrote it down. <laughs> the quote the the quote was because Scotty didn't play in the first month. The quote was, and I might be, bi- I tried to immediately go to my notes on my iPhone to get it. Every day Scotty doesn't play, it gives other teams confidence they can beat us. The- this is a guy that is like a maniacal serial killer on the basketball court.
1: It's awesome. It's so cool to to understand like that guy's mindset because so much of sports is confidence, and I think him being the killer, he was, he understood that maybe better than anybody else because he never lacked it, right? And he knew how to take it from you and basically never let you get it back.
0: For yeah, for he was he was that rare combination, and Tiger Woods had like. Was it too that that have are are the most like they have all the physical talent in the world, and then they they are psychologically on another level. Like to to understand that in in October these games, met, he's won five. You know how many guys that won five rings would be like gives a shit. You know, like I'll I'll i you everybody 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 would, be everybody like, We're would gonna. not
1: care because they'd be tired and they wouldn't care.
0: But his thought was we can't let anybody see any vulnerability with us because he understood that and people talked about it all the time like Jordan had that aura and a lot of great ones have it that he had you beat or his team had you beat because in between like you because in your head you didn't think you could you, fucking you, beat
1: don't him. You, you don't believe. You don't believe because you know what Nick you shouldn't be able to beat Michael Jordan because he's right. better than you. Right. So, like, <laughs> until you do it, you don't believe it. Right. Because he's Michael Jordan. And, and, and it, it that part, like, that's the stuff that, it, like, you kind of understand Michael Jordan's competitive growing up. You understand that, like, he's very confident. But you don't understand his... Psychology, and that was
0: what I thought was really cool. Totally agree because I mean, this is a guy that had won five championships. He was already like not—he's not on the mountain. He is the mountain. He is like oh. th- there's no like that. He's in his what it would have been his 13th or 14th year uh, in the league. Yeah, and it's October, <laughs> and you saw him in practice giving it to Coach, giving it to Harper, giving it to these guys. Like, and and that comment. Like that's that's what he was thinking about. Like, I don't want to be like guys aren't built like that anymore, but they kind of are Like, maybe no one ever in the history of life was built like this. It's it's hard to be
1: that driven. Well, it's 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 such a rare combination. You know, Bob Knight said it in that quote. He says he's the most skilled, uh, he's the most athletic, and he's the most competitive. Right? right? right. He's the best I've ever seen. So, like, you kind of have to be. A lot of those, to, to get to that level of confidence, I think you have to have most, like you can't be that confident if you don't have most of those things, right? Like right. a lot of people are just confident, but like, hey, I, now I got to guard all my defeat. Like he had it
0: all, everything. right. Hey guys, quick break. Talk to you about Pella windows and doors and, you know, putting in some, some new windows or a new door, it can be really exciting, but it can be a little intimidating because sometimes you don't even know where to begin. Well, let me help you out. First of all, you got to go with Pella. And when you go with Pella, there are a couple of options you can go to get things started. First of all, you can schedule a free in-home consultation. That's right, free. You're going to get a Pella expert to take a look at your home and talk to you, and they're going to be able to get a Phil Jackson-esque game plan for you that fits your budget, your home, your wants, and your needs. That's one option. Another option, get out to the showroom. And the showroom's really cool, man. They can... Uh, show you all the different window and door solutions they got. Sometimes it helps to actually see the window, see the door, open it, close it to get a better feel of exactly what you are putting into your home. Showroom is also a great place to start. In any direction you go, just know is going to take great care of you, and they got a variety of products and can 100% provide window and door solutions to any home and you're going to be working with great people the entire time. Give me a call. 402-493-1350. That's 493-1350. Or check them out online at PellaOmaha.com. Back to yours truly and Bo Robert Rood recapping the Last Dance Michael Jordan documentary. The other thing that I, that and we'll get to Scotty here in a second. But the other thing that I thought is jumping out at me is the importance of Phil, of Phil, like, and we knew about this. He's a Zen master and all this stuff, but like the ability to, uh, to, you know, he didn't have to worry about Michael staying locked in, but like the ability to reframe and refocus and recalibrate, not rest on what you've done, you know, like that stuff. That's how, that's how the teams that win, win again. Yeah. Like, you have to have a leader that understands the importance of that. And then I think he also clearly had, and, and I think Paxson said it, Kerr said it, like, that Phil's ability to manage all these personalities and manage all this drama, manage the spotlight, manage all that stuff. Like, we talk about Jordan and the players being able to handle it. It's a lot for Phil to fucking handle, too. And Phil's doing it. I was just—that was something the other, another thing that kind of jumped at him yeah yeah that's uh
1: phil phil was the perfect personality type because he's so i mean laid back's not maybe the right word but it's just he's so thoughtful almost right. that like he he's not an overreactor and for that type of you know personality groups you got to have somebody that almost reigns it in not
0: you know and amps it up the the other thing to talking about the the flashbacks how the the mistrust and uh not being on the same page between Krause and Jordan happened right after his foot injury oh. so we're talking that was his second year in the league yeah he hurts his foot he rehabs against the teams I mean I think he went to back to North Carolina and played without them knowing and all that stuff and he's on that. I mean, all this stuff with the minutes restriction. Well, like,
1: and- here's where I'll, I'll now be Jerry Jerry Krause's defender. I'll be his public defender yes. here. Uh, like I understand this so is do I. this yeah. is the greatest basketball player ever. Like it's not worth him getting hurt. I understand. I didn't
0: realize his cl- how close this foot injury was to being like a career ender. I, maybe it wasn't as
1: serious as they were. making. Know,
0: back in the '80s, they were like, "Have a Big Mac, a Whopper, <laughs> and we have Pizza Hut for you." So and- what
1: we're gonna do is we're gonna put you in these. <laughs> Low top converses. they're great for foot injuries. That's what we've been told. Low top
0: <laughs> Jordan, I want you to wear Birkenstocks. Low top
1: Converse with the real hard box. Those are how we solve the foot injuries.
0: Oh, some medicine is was not near as good as. But, it was. But. okay, so we'll
1: defend Jerry. But he, here's the, here's where Jerry again, it's an ego thing where if he's telling the coach if Jordan plays one second over 14. and there's 30 seconds in the game. So if the coach feels like he can't put his best player in for another 30 seconds after he just played seven minutes, it's like, look, like now you're just, being, now it's being ridiculous. you are the problem now. Jerry like, he's making himself the issue, which is like, that to me tells me that like that guy is putting himself over right. like the bigger picture.
0: Well, yeah. Th- think about, I mean, just think about like, I'm just trying to think of what an analogy would be. You know, think if the Dallas Mavericks are trying to make the playoffs, and they have 13 seconds left, 14 seconds left, or whatever, and they don't put Luka Doncic in the game, where they're trying—you know what I mean? Like that's what this was. It's like, just this one is- of
1: those, like, it, like say it's a that's a personality issue created by management that didn't need to happen. Right. Like you got to be able to trust your coach to be like, look. I'm not going to play him more than 14 minutes unless this crazy situation happens. And like Jordan went off, he's shooting like crazy and there's 30 seconds left. Play him 30 seconds.
0: Yes. And, but, but I guess what, like he's a guy, Jordan, obviously the only thing he cares about is winning. And that was where you have a guy in manage. I think that's where some of the, the, the animosity was built where it's like, he may at that point he was like, I don't get it. Like I'm like, we got to win. But all that set up what was pretty cool to to flashback to his very first playoff experience. Goes for forty nine on the eighty six Celtics. The eighty six Celtics are maybe the best team in the eighties. Th- yes, and I like to me like I you, you probably would say what was Magic's best team was eighty seven probably. Yeah. To me, the and you take your pick. Like I think ninety six Bulls are the best to me. But then to me, then it's eighty-six Celtics, eighty-seven Lakers. Then you throw the Warriors in there. But like they're in the Pantheon. The eighty six. Yeah. So like, so here's here's a young Jordan. How cool were those? Now we've seen some of the highlights, but to get the extended and then you got a from, lot of the highlights. Like oh. more
1: the ones you didn't see, but you're
0: like, whoa. He goes for 49 in game one and then goes for 63 in game two. And here's what's crazy. The Bulls lost both games. <laughs> <laughs> but the, what was great was hearing how Ainge talking about how mad Walton was at him for getting oh, him switched see, on him and fouled out. Like, <laughs>
1: sports fans, like the real diehards, like they like this is what's so good about this documentary is you're getting all the little nuggets. Yes. Not, like we know the base story. Like we all know the base stories. Like we know Jordan got 63. We, like, we know this. Yes. But like the little nuggets, like... He's golfing with Age. Like the little stories Walton. He
0: tells Ainge to tell DJ I got something for yeah. I got he, something for your like boy he, tomorrow.
1: He fouls out DJ. He fouls out Walton. Like, that's the stuff that's so
0: fun. And you know, you knew I didn't know. He made a free throw with basically no time on the clock to send the game into OT. Like I didn't, I don't I didn't know that about the 63 all you, point game.
1: You just like we've seen so many of these things and just like a two second clip. Remember when Jordan went for 63 and it shows the The scissor between the legs,
0: legs, jump over bird. That's it. Right. Right.
1: Like everything we like Jordan has done such a, an amazing job of basically saying like, I'm not doing a bunch of interviews. We're not going to deep dive. Like, so the mystique of Michael Jordan is, is as high as it's ever been because he keeps himself away from the public. Like in a way that people now just don't do like LeBron. We love LeBron, but like, they go through everything with LeBron, very in depth. The next day,
0: they'll have ten breakdowns. Let's have a retrospect of, on what you did four minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like, like so. I started his podcast, and I knew that. Like, but that's what it's now. We don't let this is like a uh should be like the poster child for why everybody needs to let let it fester and marinate and like let like we don't need to recap everything
1: it's, it's like in- the the people that like you know uh i don't know they're like you know like when the the jersey shore people put out their their lifetime biography 2 years after the show airs i'm like, like you guys didn't what do you what are you writing about <laughs> we, like we saw the show don't free, you, like you don't need to write your your you know your autobiography when you're 25 years old, like like Michael Jordan is, I think he's done a good job. Like, like let the story be told like later on. Like, right. let you right. know you don't gotta. It's just some of it's too fast. for you just like, guys, let's not do this. The right one here.
0: thing, the one thing that doesn't make sense about Michael Jordan's personality to me is he's such this assassin, serial killer, competitor. Is it? It's it. I have a hard time wrapping my head around. The whole, like, going and playing golf with Danny Ainge. You know, what, like, not, not that not that we have to make him out of a molehill, but that just doesn't seem to go in line. Like, he's such a, like, you're either with him or against him.
1: There, there was a, there's something that I, yeah, I've never understood about Michael, and it's that, and it's maybe because I'm not wired this way, but he has a uh, an energy level, I think, that is... Yeah. It's almost as superhuman as other gifts, where he wants to be gambling,
0: playing,
1: competing all day long. Right. And like you know, his biggest torture was like he had to sit in the bench for part of a season. That was torture. Right. And by the end of it, you know, like he was went to North Carolina to just like (laughs) break the doctor's orders and play every day. right? Right. So I think Michael has some sort of inner energy level drive that like it's an addiction he's got to be doing that all day long and he whoever will do it with him which includes danny Ainge
0: before a game the other thing that in the flashbacks that was cool talking about humanizing him we all can recall that very first now i've never walked into a hotel room with lines of cocaine and like i've never been in a scenario like that but we all can remember that like when we're growing up in that first eye-opening party, you're really at or eye-opening. I know yours. <laughs> <laughs> we better you- not. T- uh, high school. Oh god. We well, better yeah. not talk about yeah, that. Yeah. Well, do- next question. <laughs> but uh, you know, but but we all re- we all remember the- those are seminal moments in your life.
1: Here's why it was similar to you because you and Michael the same way. Like you didn't drink. No. You were like kid, All you want to do is play basketball. Right. And you go to a place where there's a bunch of people doing yeah. something that. You don't do and you don't want to do. And that's a weird moment. It's a
0: really weird moment. And it was cool, though, to hear from, again, the human, like, that's where you talk about how he's being on, to hear him be like, I'm a rookie. I'm trying to find all my teammates. I knock on the door. They open the door. They got weed over there, girls over here, lines of And he was like, I just, I got to get out of here. But we get, that's, everybody remembers, like, I don't care who you are. Like, that first real legit party you're at, you're a little rattled. Dude, that you're you're, like, you're more than a little right. You're God, going like I am terrified right now.
1: It, it's like simultaneously like like a real party. It's it's amazing because it seems fun, but like those moments are a little scary though. Like what he was talking about was a yeah, little that, more. That's what I'm saying. That like, was a little bit more like you're yeah, like holy oh, moly, guys. This right. is like we're right. doing
0: dangerous things, right? Here, you right. know. But I thought that was another like moment that humanized him quite a bit.
1: Yeah, and you know what? I think it, it also showed that if he would have made some other decisions that night, he may have never been Michael Jordan. Right. right? Like right. they said, Michael Jordan for his first however many handful of years was like, it was orange juice and seven up
0: orange juice, seven up. He wanted didn't to play smoke cards. All he wanted to do was like watch movies and then go, go practice.
1: What he wanted to do was go be an assassin. Like he was like, that was yeah. his vice was I'm going to be the best basketball player and the best competitor to ever live. And so he just did that. Why other people might be out, you know, chasing girls, going to the club yeah, and right. get smoking get and drinking and doing yeah, coke. Right. Like when you get a whole bunch of money, people do that. Right. And he
0: stayed he laser did the, focused.
1: So the guy with the most talent, with the most competitive drive, chose to do things that only accentuated that. Yeah. Right. And didn't take away from it by uh, distracting right. him. So right. that was a little bit of an eye opener to me. I was like, oh, right, Michael had a choice there in eighty four and it set him down the path to being the Michael Jordan we know.
0: I will say and I'm kinda out on comparing eras of like players because it's just it's it's so hard to do, but like all his old highlights still hold up. You know you know a certain guy like they you'll watch like an old like here's you know, here's Cousy. Bart, Bart Starr. Boy <laughs> did he throw a laser in there. Burt's like yeah, <laughs> you know, but and there's some highlights that you're like, you know, like what you're about to watch us the when best w- run in 1954. Yeah, when like, you, <laughs>
1: but- <laughs> he zigs and zags and there he goes and nobody's
0: ah! near him. Bobby put down his Coca-Cola <laughs> and his cigar and he went out there and he rushed for 42 yards. You know, but all of his highlights this dude is is explosive and graceful and he had something to him like the whole like air jordan fly like he was one of the only athletes to me that ever truthfully like when he was in the air he he defied gravity levitates the right word he levitated it's it's unbelievable he was just graceful through the air and the cradle dunks and all that stuff
1: it was that, that's like the artistic stuff though you know he was yeah. doing that cradle like you know in college he, he was doing it in games but like it was the body movement was like a work of art like oh, it was like right you know it's that's the stuff you just go he was he born
0: was, he, to do that you you were put on earth to do it okay we haven't even talked about pippin and then we'll wrap this up so we're about 40 minutes in we don't want to like sit here. we could be here till two yeah. o'clock in the morning if we wanted to I mean, the Scotty Pippen story... I mean, because you can't tell... And I'm glad that people... Like, you can't tell the Jordan story without Pippen. Like, yeah. they are linked. And Jordan said as much. I didn't realize, because when you're... You, I mean, we were teenagers when all this stuff was going on. And one thing you don't care about is, like, salaries.
1: Not when you're you, a teenager. When you're no.
0: a teenager, you're just like... I mean... You,
1: like, you like who you like.
0: Yeah. And, and you're like, that guy's good, so that's all that matters. I had no idea... How criminally underpaid Scotty Pippen was. He was the 122nd highest paid player in the league. And he was a top five player in the NBA. Yes. And they had one champion. I mean, at the, and he signed a seven year, $18 million deal in 1991. He must have signed it right before they won their titles and then just. And the cool part though was like, when you get into, when you got into Scotty's background, you can understand why he, and he set like, you know, 12, he was one of 12 kids. His dad had a stroke and was in a wheelchair. His second oldest brother had a weird accident wrestling at school and was paralyzed. And so he's, so I mean, they're dirt poor from Arkansas and all of a sudden you're, someone slides over a piece of paper and all... I mean, all you're thinking about is $18 million and my family's good forever. Yeah. you It helped me understand how in the moment, you know, even I think Jerry Reinsdorf was telling him, like, you shouldn't sign this. This isn't good for you. But, like, you have to understand where he was coming from, $18 million and a chance to just make it so my family's good. That's... Like, you can understand that. Yeah, I, I think there, there is
1: something in... Uh in sports, and a in managing that, where it, you know someone should help you him. can't like you can't be. It just doesn't work in a. It's it's too much testosterone. It's too much hierarchy, alpha dog stuff. Where you can't have the second best player making more than the best player. Right, in the same way, if you're the second best player, which Scotty was, not just on the team, but like he's in the top five in the league, right, and he's got four or five other guys on his team, team. right, like Steve Kerr might be making more money than Scotty Pippen. Right. He was the like,
0: sixth. They said he was that, the sixth highest paid player in the Bulls.
1: Yeah, so that doesn't work in a team environment where it's like it's cutthroat level, like elite, right. you know. Alpha dogs going at it like yeah, Michael's the the alpha dog, right? But like Scotty's the the beta like, and that means Scotty needs to be number two paid, it, or otherwise, it gets it just it's just human nature, it, right?
0: And, and the hard part too is then because then obviously he signs the seven year eighteen million dollar deal, which makes him criminally underpaid for that long time. He can't renegotiate. They win all these titles, and the there you can. You know, you, you know. There's all saying like, "Don't, don't just tell me you love me. Show me you love me." Well, Kraus didn't do either. He didn't show him he loved him with the contract or renegotiating, and he didn't tell him either by putting him on the trade block yeah. by all you know, like making him feel. So not only you feel some type of way because you're so underpaid, and and. Whether you like it or not, that's a window into how someone views you and appreciates you. Hey, and then they're not. Then they're not even. Then they're putting you in trade rumors and all that stuff. Like,
1: yeah, I, here, here's what. Like, I'll com, Like, I'll, I'll take Kobe Bryant's situation versus Scottie Pippen's. Right. I mean, obviously, Kobe was the face of the franchise, but Kobe was way past his prime, and the Lakers gave him you know, two years for like 40 some million. It was a bad contract for the Lakers, but the Lakers felt that they owed Kobe Bryant that which, you know what they did? Yes. And you know what? It was the right move. And so that's, you know, looking back if Reinsdorf and Krauss, which I don't think they will say is, I bet they'll say we did the right thing. He signed the contract. It is what the right thing to do is for the psychology of your team. You don't got to pay Scotty what Michael's making. You ain't even got to pay him no. that much. But to just get him to the second highest paid is, is the right move for the team. Not yes. just for Scotty. That's the right move for the team. Agree. And Scotty Pippen. And you know what it does? It keeps the, the dynasty going is, until it piddles up. Maybe they never win again. But that, to me, in the long run, is the right thing to do for everybody. Yes. Including Kraus and Reinstorf. Because you know what? I don't care what it is. That team will make your organization so much money
0: just by being itself. The Bulls brand still has cachet because of Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. And it's 2020. You can't tell me
1: they're going to make less money if Scottie Pippen makes $4 million more a year. Right. You can't tell me that because I won't believe you. Right. Right because they but, went they went to Paris and people are wetting themselves scenes. to see the bulls like right. that was the impact the 90s Bulls were at like it they were they were the Beatles they were they were to that level like you don't tell the Beatles I think you guys we're gonna rebuild the band like we're gonna just hope <laughs> McCartney comes back and we're gonna just let everybody else walk. We're gonna trade linen. Because we can get good value for him,
0: Ringo, and you know Ringo, what? we're done with you. Ringo
1: doesn't even matter, and Harrison, like you know, he's the Phil Jackson of this bunch. It's like, no, we just don't get you along. Think about that. I don't get along with
0: Harrison, so he's out. Yeah, like, what are you talking about? Right,
1: like what? What are you talking
0: about, Krause? I, I don't. I don't. I. It's it's truthfully unbelievable, but that you can see all. One of the things that they're they're laying it out of. Where these seeds have been planted along the way to help you better understand how unbelievable it is that at the beginning of the 1997 season, everyone knew that the Chicago Bulls were going to play their final season with that group. It's unbelievable. It is. It is it's it's truthfully unbelievable. I mean, anything else? Where I mean, with I mean, the Pippen story. I mean, it's cool to. I mean, his story is unbelievable. I mean, to get, to be a team manager, beg to be on scholarship, just grow from six one six one to to six seven, and all like it's it's. You see that I
1: didn't even know how good Scotty was in college. Like to right. see the to see the clips and to hear people like. Scottie Pippen was the deal. Like right. I didn't think about that with Scotty. I oh, thought he yeah. was very like
0: underdeveloped. Right, coming out of college, but well, because I I, I I did make the comment to you during like I don't. I mean, to me, I was like, how could you have had? You had a six seven athletic guy. Why would you not have him at least be on the team? Yeah, but is, then then they explained that he grew, and you are like, okay, now now it makes sense. But man, all I know, we're at about forty eight minutes, so we'll we'll wrap it up. But I am. I tell you what, I. Today was a special day because, in the context of all this coronavirus quarantine, no sports, no nothing. One of the things that I, I was think about this. One of the things that I miss, you know, if you're like, what do you miss about life? As we knew it, like I would. I, one of the things I miss is is having something to look forward to. You know, yeah. a trip. Uh, hey, I'm going to dinner with Bo on Friday. Or I'm doing, you know, just these things that you take for granted to have look looking forward to today. I hopped out of bed, more fired up because I had this to look forward to, this documentary. And even as I was eating dinner, it had like a. I might be. I mean, this shows how much we're starving. It had like a almost like dude. The Super Bowl starts in two hours.
1: I was more excited for this than I was the Super Bowl this year. I'm not even kidding you. I was (laughs) pumped up. Like this feels like. What a good live sporting event feels like, because we've been denied so much sports. Right.
0: Like Nick, this feels like we're getting sports. I cannot wait to see what the, but what the ratings are. How many people watch this thing? Is, is who is it every it? is it every Sunday? So it's going to be it's every Sunday for the next. Oh, these th- guys!
1: I, I'm I'm so. It's like those things you go. I wish somebody would do something, and then they actually do it, and they're doing it the way you want it. It's almost hard to accept, like they're
0: giving it to us just how we want it. Man. I, I feel like I'm like I'm spoiled. Like you, I, you know, when something's so good, you're I almost like, oh it. my god, I shouldn't be. Getting this. still give ourselves. What do something. I? Yeah, like I don't deserve this. We're not worthy. We're, We're not worthy. We don't deserve spots. Why, lie. Michael Jordan, swing, <laughs> Oh,
1: it's
0: just so good. Is, I, I, is he the coolest guy? I mean, he's I mean, so cool. Every, like even the first shot, he pulls up in a Corvette. To the practice facility, gets out, and his sweats are pulled up to, like, basically his nipples.
1: Hey, that's how I roll at home, dog. And he
0: is just... Like, he is the image. Like, if someone says, what's cool? Like, I'm not so sure the first image I don't think of is just Michael Jordan in any situation.
1: I think I'm going to walk into my house acting like Michael Jordan and see what my wife I'm going
0: to start (laughs) tucking. I'm going to start pulling my pants up... Like an inch or two too high, tuck everything
1: in. Nick, I do that, and my wife, she thinks I'm a loser. Because I tuck in my sweats, I she wear my have sweats, her. and I tuck yes. in my shirt to my sweats, and she thinks I'm a total loser. I'm telling you. But I think it's cool. Uh, Jordan I say, I always say cool. Because I say Jordan always tucks in his his, <sighs> his sweatpants, his shirt to his sweatpants. And she goes, she goes, that's a bad
0: look. And I go, no, it's cool. You need to make her watch The Last Dance so she understands she don't get it. the genesis of the tuck. All right, But I'm giving her Michael Jordan swag. Oh, right now about. I just want to stick my tongue out and just just swag on everybody. God, that's good. All right, people. This was uh, part one. We got four more of these things. Clearly coming up in the next one, bad boy Pistons time.
1: I'm sh- sharpen these things.
0: I mean, people are going to start getting elbowed next Sunday. <laughs> And I cannot wait. So we're going to be doing, again, we're going to do this every single week here for the next four weeks. Bo, Slick Wheezy, Nikki B, we'll be here to recap this pod. So, I mean, you go tuck your shirt in and go home and get some sleep and we'll do this again next week, my man, okay? All right, my thanks to Pella Windows and Doors. If you're thinking about a new window or a new front door, Now is the perfect time. Give Pella a call at 402-493-1350 or check them out online at PellaOmaha.com. We will see you next time on the Nick Bob Podcast. A Parkville Media
1: Production.